Hey there, folks. Text the Black Pants Legion here, and welcome to the BPL Podcast. There is another BPL podcast out there that is the Berkeley Public Library Podcast. Please don't send them my mail, but it is my goal to become the number one BPL podcast. So remember, those of you out there in radio land, listening in your cars, your home away from home, your trucks, your aeroplanes, your ships at sea, wherever you are, thank you for joining us. Thank you for putting us in your ear holes. And remember, you can't downvote a podcast. Anyways, today we're going to answer some questions and we're going to answer them as best we can. Everyone has written in a lot of wonderful questions. We have so many wonderful questions. We're going to try to get through these. But today I have two very special guests. Across from me, the Maryland man himself, Mr. Catch. How you doing? Oh, my God. He does the Balmer accent. It's the worst thing in the world. And on <laughs> oh, on my left is Mr. Mike, the editor. Hello. 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 There we go. Yeah, hello. yeah, that's good. Cool. Hello. All right. Cheers, everyone. We're drinking uh, Crystal Skull Vodka yeah, made by go. Dan Aykroyd in his basement. So Absolutely. cheers. Clinky? Yeah, indeed. Clinky to you guys out there. That's pretty fucking smooth i guess it's all those herkimer diamonds yeah, it's it's definitely uh something yeah we he he goes on uh tv or whatever and he's like it's, it's herkimer. you mean quartz yeah or or he just goes on tv he thinks ghostbusters was a live action documentary yeah film. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> he thinks it's he's like no the statue of liberty we had to put her back like she was walking down the street we're like that can't happen remember <laughs> when i made nothing but trouble i'm still finding uh jet puff marshmallow fall from my hair <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is a good team yeah. All right. We should get Dan Aykroyd on the podcast. Uh, yeah, he would. He would be like, uh, "Aliens are not going to." Uh, we would ever never visit say Earth. anything. We just let him talk. No, yeah. I'd be like, "Okay, uh huh." Tell it's us like having uh, not Steve Buscemi. Um, oh god, the other really crazy guy. Uh, shit, I'm blanking. Right, I'm just uh, okay. So not let, no. Let's walk through that. Not it's, Steve Buscemi. It's not William Defoe. Okay, uh, not Willem Defoe. Okay, I, I'm getting faces in my oh mind. Oh god. Meeting. Are 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 you are you? He's got he's got a really crazy face. Like one of the faces, like kind of like that. Okay, uh, okay, you're making a crazy face. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm, uh, no, I need to look no, this no, up, no, 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 no. Gary Busey. Yes, that's okay. It. Gary, Gary Busey. Busey. See, all you had to do is mention crazy yep. faces, and my brain went through the Rolodex, going yep. like, <laughs> like, okay, and listen to his Buseyisms. Oh, oh man, that would be great. Gary Busey explains the universe. I would listen to the fuck out of that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So he's, he's like, do you know that Pluto is really? Oh my God, he'd be like Alex Jones, but he wouldn't. You know, it, he's it, not it, trying to start shit. No, 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 no. He's like, he's, you can't buy this in stores. You can only go outside and find it in your fucking front yard. <laughs> <laughs> it grows out of the ground. You see it, the dirt. It adds it adds minerals. To there, the there, there's no limit on the amount of fire ants you can when have. I, there's no limit. You can have as many fire ants as you want. My whole basement <laughs> is fire ants. <laughs> he's like, when I was on the Native American reservation. Hey, look at me. When I was on the Native American, <laughs> he always threatened people a little bit every time yeah just a little just yeah. a little gary Busey threatening okay oh, so yeah. we got some 
questions, and we're going to ask all of them as we can. We're going to pound through these. Yeah. So, marathon, marathon, marathon. And at some point during the questions, you'll probably hear my alarm go off because we have pizza rolls. So that's pizza what that rolls. Is. I'm not editing that out. Yeah, remember, um, <laughs> remember, you can't downvote a podcast unless you're on Apple. Then you can. So please give us all the stars so <laughs> we are more relevant than Berkeley hey Public guys, Library. Hey, guys, don't forget to yeah. rate my video five stars. Five stars. Like no. and subscribe. Yeah. Well, it, the thing is, is that um, I am actually a archivist and librarian. I have a master's degree in that. So I am in competition for the Berkeley Public Library podcast. I don't want to be the number one podcast in the world. I just want to be the number one BPL podcast in the world. I yeah. Berkeley Public Library, we're fucking coming for you. I know Dewey. I can talk about WorldCat. I know my <laughs> lot numbers. I, I, I'm an arc. By the way, if you got a job, just let me know. I think that's a really good library. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's actually a really good library. Um, so, dear techs and or guests, parentheses. Oh, boy. One, are we not living in a diesel punk society? Two, what is the best bread? And why is cornbread the answer? Uh, well, first of all, uh, diesel punk society is pretty much just Alabama. I, I, I think that's pretty <laughs> much it. Everywhere else, it's... Ugh. Or anywhere that's mostly desert. Everywhere well, else, it's like the Ford, the Ford Escape, and, and well, like I mean, well, <laughs> anywhere where you can find Dodge a, Caravans, where, anywhere you can regularly find a Toyota Hilux. Yes. Well, <laughs> Diesel Punk is okay. There's Steampunk, which we all mm -hmm. know very well. You know, top hats, gears, yeah. cogs, all that. Yeah. Diesel yeah. Punk is like uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah, Wolfenstein, uh, Dust Tactics. Wolfenstein, Dust Tactics is a really good example. Weird Try World Gun. <laughs> Weird World. Two stuff, World yeah. War Two stuff, yeah. um, and as well uh, stuff like Crimson Skies. Yeah, Re really, really yes. good examples of diesel punk. No, we are not uh, living in a diesel punk society. We've we've reached we've reached the age of plastic. That's usually where I draw yeah. the line: is mass production and plastic, plastic and computers, plastic I, and computers. I have I have one word for you, gentlemen: plastics. Plastic seats wet. <laughs> But no, um, that's the, one of my favorite Civ uh, quotes when you discover plastics in Civ Four. Yeah, or, or three, I think, or no, it's four. And he's just like, I have one word and one word for you, gentlemen: plastic. Plastics. Yeah, but so <laughs> no, they the, got Leonard Nimoy to say that. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, so what the the idea of diesel punk is basically it's that last hurrah of analog everything. It's yeah. it's the last hurrah of mechanical computers, mechanical calculators, arithmometers. Um, everything's got gauges and toggles. So no, we are not living in a diesel punk society. Um, but, but that would be fucking cool. I mean, yeah. if, if, oh man, imagine going out to your car and you've got like eight toggle switches. You it's like, it's, you like gotta, it's like flop starting up the, uh, the F-18. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Click, 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 click. All right. The pre, the preheater's on. Got to prime it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think if we, if we successfully are able to uh, explore space and colonize other worlds, diesel punk worlds will be a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, it's, because it's, at that point, there, no one's going to really care about there's pollution. There's going to be entire like, solar systems dedicated to LARPing. Yes. yes. No. It'll be yes. like. It'll be like. Hey. <laughs> you know. We've. This is. This is. This whole. This whole Excellent. planet is Renaissance because that's what we want. We have antibiotics. Yep. You know. So nobody dies in childbirth or whatever. We have modern medicine. But 
I'm sorry. You're paying for things with gold sovereigns, and it's it's D and D. This whole <laughs> yes. planet's D and D. Yeah, solar systems dedicated to BattleTech, Star Wars, somebody, Star Trek. Oh my God! Somebody, Ralph, Ralph uh, Bloodthorn, eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they terraform a planet so it's uh, basically Faerun. Oh, <laughs> rad. dude, I'm opening a bar in Waterdeep. <laughs> All right. So, what is the best bread, and why is cornbread the answer? Okay, cornbread is a good side. Yeah, cornbread yeah. is a good side, but cornbread on its own is not because you can't do anything with it right it's too dry and and and, and it falls apart right and cornbread on its own is is a side it's it's like if you have the sugared cornbread it Mm -hmm. can be a great dessert you know what i mean like the dessert cornbread where you bake it with the brown sugar yeah Yeah. with the butter it's so good or you know with chili with beans it's cornbread is so good Mm -hmm. yeah it adds it's it absorbs flavor right which is what it's for it's it's a side it's good for gravy so so you never hear about like you know, it's it's cornbread and beans, cornbread chili. You never hear about what's for dinner, cornbread. Yeah, no. So it's it's not a it's not a meal. Now, if if it was me, mm-hmm. uh, pumpernickel rye or sourdough, or like the really crusty French loaf. You know what okay, I mean? Yeah. Where it's just all soft in the middle. It's yeah. got that nice crunch to the outside. That's I'm, nice. I'm a real fan of a uh, whole grain wheat. Okay. Especially the same because then you get those little grains that add a nice yeah. little crunch or firmness yeah. to it. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm with all you. about the raisin bread personally. Oh, yeah. raisin bread. Raisin bread's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He also asks, uh, or it says, Thank you for explaining cassette futurism. And what are some examples other than alien and fallout that you might give? Video games, tabletop RPGs, etc. Traveler is a really good example of cassette futurism, at least earlier editions of Mark Miller's Traveler. What about, uh, what about Blade Runner? Blade Runner. Very good example of cassette futurism. I would absolutely say so. Um, the original, of course. Yeah. Um, the book, um, well, God. What, the, well, the, what edition of Cyberpunk would be cassette futurism? 2020. I mean, because it was yeah. all written in the 80s, 90s. Uh, earlier yeah. editions of Shadowrun as well. Um, I would also say... Fifth Element? No, not so much. That's okay. that's more of a techno fantasy. Okay. But for for cassette yeah. futurism, I would say uh, Gibson's Neuromancer certainly because I mean he talks about fucking payphones. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a lost art. Yeah, it's in it's very nineteen eighties neo noir as well. So th- those are some examples out there, and his that's from Sam. So thank you for writing, Sam. I just want to point out that uh, part of the thing about having the dark living room is yeah. you look over here at this one thing of light. Mm-hmm. It's almost blinding me right now. <laughs> oh, that's that's one thing I hate about my new bedroom is I I have to have a blackout curtain because there's a street light like right at eye level. Oh God, I hate, I hate it that so much. And in fun fact, Mister Tex is photophobic, so I always have the um I I have this, all the curtains drawn. It's yeah. very dark. I have sunglasses. Very candlelit type house. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's very dark. And people, some people come over and they're off put by it. Like, why is everything? so dark and it's like i did lights oh 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 pizza pizza rolls all right ask the next question i'll be listening all right so dear bpl podcast from derek as a mechanic i can totally relate to scotty's struggles (laughs) yes okay i i absolutely i absolutely 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 agree with that um is a former gunsmith, and when I say gunsmith, I don't want people to think I'm was a master or anything. Um, I, I was an armorer. I was a journeyman. I was learning through the guild system, and I I was not really uh, ever 
a a standalone master of the craft but i did a lot of machining uh did a lot of troubleshooting or as i like to call it swearing and swinging you know <laughs> we're just swinging hammers and being like hey. no and, and you find out that uh that there is such a thing as just uh saying fuck it and figuring things out you know because there's there's stuff where there's no manual for it mm-hmm. you know so you're just like how does this work whatever just dump the parts out and put it together but yeah. uh Having done a lot of gunsmithing and nowadays just as a minor hobbyist, you know, doing doing stuff for fun, not for money. Um, I'll say that I I certainly understand Scotty's struggles on the Enterprise. Yeah. Where, where he's got no tools or whatever. He's being asked the impossible. And then, you know, Kirk he's is being asked by people who have no idea how computers work. So everyone have, in the yeah. IT field can really feel yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And it's people going like, Scotty, you have to start the engines. And he's like. Sir, this, the, the laws of physics, you cannot do it. And he's like, Scotty, we have 29 minutes. And, you know, I always, you know, I, I think of as an interesting theory is that Star Trek original series is a story told by someone who's never really seen or understands technology. Yeah. Um, and I mean, not like in a real world sense. I know that's like almost exactly what happened, but I'm saying like in universe, when they go on the holodeck and they see all the woo, that wasn't really there. That was just, this is all the records we had because everything was on tape back then. We didn't have like imaging software and all that stuff. It was, oh, so you're saying it's it's a flawed recreation. Yeah, it's a flawed recreation. And the and the people who told the story have no idea how engineering oh, works. Okay. So Ed Scotty's <laughs> just like, well, you have to do this thing and all this stuff. And there's just like little blocks and like squares and stuff and like little cubes. And they're like, yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm with you. So you're saying like the flight data recorders just were really glad blazing over stuff because yeah. it's so crude mm-hmm. i must i i'm i like i like uh the sets of enterprise and so i think that that's probably closer to what the original series was supposed to be um because i i like the, i like the sets i think they did a good job on that that's probably one of the only few things they did right with that show is the yeah. sets were amazing it wasn't scott bacula i'll say that much no Scott Bakula is Captain Boring. Um, yeah. So, well, here's here's the thing. Like, I love when I look at engineering and spaceships. I love, I absolutely love that part in Alien where they go down to the lower decks of the Nostromo, and those guys are just sitting there, and there's pipes blowing steam everywhere, and they're yep. yelling over it. And as soon as she <laughs> leaves, they just turn it off. And they're just like, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that would be engineering. <laughs> like, just come down there, and they're just like, oh, no, everything's fucked. Uh, the fraculator's broken, and da 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 And then they leave, and they're like, <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> Get off my case, woman. Yeah. Oh, this will take 16 hours. As soon as it leaves, just... Everything's normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I I understand Scotty being asked to do the impossible. That's a very adult thing, though. You know, mm-hmm. you everyone has that boss that is just like, I don't care. You need to put eight pounds of shit in this four pound bag, and you're like, no. And then, well, you learn you you learn very quickly from it that a lot of people who are in charge have no idea uh, how any of the things that they're in charge of actually work. They yeah. have a cursory knowledge of where it's supposed to go, but well, not. There's a An great intimate knowledge of how it works. There's a great line from one of my favorite movies, Kelly's Heroes, mm. where he's like, "What are you doing? I'm drinking wine and eating cheese. What's what's up with the tank? Oh, the tank's broke, man. Why aren't you fixing it? Oh, man, I just ride them. I don't know how they work. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> oddball's my hero. He is my spirit animal when it when it comes to everything. So next up is from Steve M. I am a child of the 1980s. The lore was fan based novels, fanfics, Star Fleet 
technical manual, Starfleet Battles, I remember being told that a pre-Prime Directive ship, the US like USS Horizon, Friendship One, etc., from before the Romulan War showed up to a new planet, being big, fat, dumb, happy, and naive in the big scary universe, they sent down the captain and the bridge crew to tell a band of pre-warp warriors the peaceful gospel of Starfleet. The warriors immediately captured them, radioed the ship, threatened to kill the captain unless it surrendered. It did, and everyone got killed anyhow. This being how Klingons got warp drive and Starfleet got the prime directive, and the ignored rule of captain staying on the ship. Later, when hearing another race was foiled by Kirk, they offered them warp drive in return for cloaking, something both desperately needed, and the only thing cemented by hate that could get both to work together, let alone share vital military technology. See Scotty saying Bird of Prey and Balance of Terror had no warp drive. May have bottled warp plasma, question mark, like TOS shuttle. Um... Have you heard this? Is it real? Or is it headcanon of some clever 12-year-old in 1985? Or a mad convoluted memories of a 47-year-old in 2020? And regardless, doesn't it just make sense? A little bit, yeah. And I think it's a bit of a column A and column B and C. I, I like the idea of the Prime Directive coming out of just accidentally killing a planet. I, I think that was probably one of those things where they went down and they're like, Oh, look at these cave people! Look, this is antimatter! And then like a week yep. later... When the planet like, is sucked into a black hole that they created. Yeah, and they're like, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it probably came out of goodness, where they went down to a planet, and there was somebody who had this horrible disease, and it was yeah. killing all of them. And they brought some advanced medicine. And then, like, 100 years later, they found out that that, that disease would have culled the population to a point where it was sustainable. But instead, because they cured it, the people overbred, and now mm. the planets, everyone's starving. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I, I think it would have been stuff that happens out of want to do good, but they unbalance natural yeah. systems of order. Basically, a constant monkey's and it, paw. Right. I, and I, I actually think that it needs to be something that it isn't just a moral, oh, we fucked up. I think it has to have something that actually, actually affected Starfleet. Yeah. Like, like something that they did... Uh, to a uncivilized, well, uncivilized, and an on uh, warp culture, a non warp yeah, culture. culture. They did something to them that actually not only affected them, but actually affected Starfleet in a way that nearly destroyed them. Right, like, it, like with like how you just gave the example of how the Klingons got a. Uh, the warp drive was it? Yeah, that's and, that's what he's suggesting. He, he's not sure if it's head cannon or cannon, and I'm like, it makes sense, something like that. Yeah, and then they end up having to fight the Klingons, right? And and that's that's the thing is eventually I think because of this idea of we're gonna go out there and be nice to everybody, yep. it, eventually that bites you in the ass because it's it's one of those things of like let's say you have a government that spends a lot of money on weapons and not a lot of money on food. And they're starving, but they're heavily armed. Well, you say, hey, we'll give you food and we're friends. Well, now you've just empowered them mm -hmm. and they're just going to go, now we're going to expand. And you're like, no, 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 no. You should get rid of the weapons and do the, no, no, you gave us food. You know what I mean? So it, it'd be, it, I could see that, you know, burning them. Yeah. And especially if Starfleet comes by and gives them stuff, it starts car causing what are called cargo cults. You know. I, I think the best uh, best way to implement the prime directive in writing yeah. is to make it seem like it was a moral choice, right. but it was something that happened in the Section 31 uh, part of it where they're like, oh, fuck, we unbalanced it. So we have to balance like it they, like Like say they tried to put like one of their own members in the Klingon court or something, and it fucked up. Uh, and by doing that, they're like, okay, we can't openly just do that. Yeah. We have to do it in secret. Okay. And yeah. we, we have and to make sure that no other captain thinks to do this I, shit. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good think. 
good brain thing. Question from Anonymous. I have a Star Trek question. Okay. Star, a lot of Star Trek questions. I said Star Trek. Star Trek question. I have become almost frustrated with the exploration theme of Trek because the established civilizations are so interesting. I always want to know more about life in the Federation or Klingon Empire. DS9 is my jam. I would rather hear about an interstellar Imperium than random dustball G452. But as someone wanting to roleplay in the setting, I need to get myself more into what is arguably the primary theme of the whole thing. Tips and suggestions for pulling myself away from established space and into the unknown. Love the show! No, dude, just run a Deep Space Nine module or setting. Just do that, because I think that's fucking fine. Because exploration of uncharted worlds and plans stuff that's Star, that's starfleet's thing right however but, the exploration of an entire civilization doesn't happen when you go and make first contact well, that no. happens from them living inside right. of your so, so civilization sent, sent your sent your show yeah on the edge of interstellar space on a space station and have interesting things come to your players. You know, the problem of the week comes through, you know, so some guys come through and they're like, ah, oh, it's the Ferengi convention. And then, you know, <laughs> you you have to deal with all the Ferengi that are on your station. And and then you're like, oh, well, it's the, it's, it's the, you know, the Jim Hadar poker roadshow. And you, you gotta, you gotta deal with that now. I mean, it, with a, if you have a star base or a station, you can bring all these crazy things. You can bring intrigue there. But since people are constantly passing through, it's always new stuff for your players. And I think your players would really enjoy that. Next up, high tax listening to the podcast. I've heard you poo-poo the Eberron D&D setting in the same breath as D&D 4th edition a number of times. Yes, I have. I find this strange because Eberron originally came out during 3rd edition, and it incorporates a bunch of stuff that you like about Battletech. Multi-faction political maneuvering, moral ambiguity, and people running around committing war crimes for money. Are you familiar with any of the original, i.e. pre-4th edition, Eberron material? If you are and still don't like it, why is that? Signed, Scott. Okay, here's the reason. There are so many wonderful D&D settings that were created pre-4th edition that got shelled very quickly. One of them is Mistara. Mistara is a wonderful catch-all setting that has wonderful depth. If you want to know more about Mistara, go to Mr. Welch's Mad Musings on YouTube. Mr. Welch is a pal of mine. He's trying to bring back Mistara single-handedly, and he's publishing a book about it. And Mr. Welch is supremely talented. You find Mistara, you find Birthright, you find all of these other settings. The reason I don't like Eberron is it seems like you took slices of other settings or made a sandwich out of other sandwiches. But it also has a lot of stuff hobnailed into it that I just don't care for. One of the things I really just don't care for... Oh, yeah, God, Mike just brought over a giant Tupperware full of Totino's pizza rolls. It's, it, it's, it's like a bucket. Like, it, 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 it looks like it. an aquarium yeah. of pizza rolls. <laughs> Like pizza rolls in the natural habitat. The only thing I like about Eberron, in all honesty, is the Warforged. You know, playing as smart player golems, that's cool. I like, you know, I, I really like that. But the rest of it is just forgettable. The high fantasy aspect of Eberron as well uh, is high fantasy to the point of ridiculousness. And I, I have a problem wrapping my head around it in a huge way. Um, when, when all the lights in a city are magical lights... That means you have like a wizard in a factory making light bulbs. And if magic is that common, that is really undermining to the fantastical nature of it. So I I don't like it because it's such a weird mishmash. And I, I understand that for someone like, 
like me who loves who actually loves Feyrun, but it, it's to each their own. I am familiar, but if if you want to play a setting with a lot of depth and intrigue and everything, go watch Mr. Welch talk about Mastara, and you'll see what they've kind of replaced some of these deeper settings with. Um, next up, from Tufted Titmouse. Oh yeah, I've seen I like him on those, the. Uh, I like those burps. They go up trees wrong. Yeah, yeah I've seen you on the uh, stream. All right. So, high techs, recent listener to your podcast and listening to your Star Trek episode made me curious. What do you think about Q and the Q continuum? Nope, I'm thinking of nut hatches. Never mind. Oh, nut hatches. Q is an interesting Deus Ex Machina where it'll be like, time has stopped and everyone will die. And he's like, hello, I have a mariachi band and just shows up and he fixes everything with a flip of his hand. But I don't know. It's, it's, it it kind of reminds me of like Apollo from the original series where you have this capricious God who can just make things happen. And he has like a moral thing he's trying to explore or a point of view he's trying to force you to uh you know, investigate like humanity is a, you know, a, a cruel and barbaric race. And that's his, you know, thesis. And then he tries to prove it. And and even if you you win your point of view and your little argument, he'll say, oh, well, next time, because he gets bored very easily. So it's it's a he, really yeah. weird character. He started out as an original series style character in the same way Gene Roddenberry always writes those kinds of things where it's like a guy with superpowers that is beyond uh, technology. They've like an ascended being. And he was supposed to be like a reoccurring like judgment test kind of character, but he never really kind of filled that role anymore. Uh, like he did a couple of times, but he really kind of just showed up as comic relief. Yeah. There was a couple episodes where it's actually pretty good. Um, some of the episodes that he's in to get to Voyager and it's like the whole Q Civil War thing is weird. Yeah. They, they bring him back in Voyager because they were out of ideas. Yeah. Uh, he never showed up again after the first episode of Deep Space Nine he was in because Cisco just punched him in the face and then he yeah, just never showed up again. Cisco's a Chad. Chad. <laughs> He's like, I'll be back and he never did come back. Yeah, because Cisco would have just been like, self-destruct the station. Yeah. And he'd be like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, shit. Um, yeah, he's, he's a weird character. I like some of his episodes, but some I just don't. Um, yeah. Hey, Tex and team. So I've been following you on YouTube for a bit and just started listening to the podcast. I agree with you about what type or job type to have in Starfleet. I'd be an engineer, but also with my luck, be that guy. The one that just unlucky enough to get fried, but with enough luck to not die for it. <laughs> that guy in the... Basically an engineering red shirt. <laughs> you mean not, O'Brien? Not, uh, <laughs> what's that, what was that thing Daystrom brought on the ship uh, of the original series? Oh, the the computer. Yeah, yeah it was like yeah. Uh, M5. Yeah, I he, was, think. he was like, M5 means no harm. Yeah, you'd be that guy in the M5 episode. Where it just, just turns into smoke. Yeah, it's like a jump <laughs> cut where it's like a laser and the guy's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> M5 didn't mean any harm. Yeah, that's that's all of our luck. We'd be that guy. We're yeah. sitting here working and we're just gone. <laughs> I totally see myself as the engineer that just blacked out on deck six as the captain is walking by looking at me as if I'm punching a bulkhead cussing and bleeding. Anyways, I see your friends and you as kindred spirits. Thank you for listening. Truly, oh. Timothy Meacham. Tim, we, we all feel like we would probably be that guy. We, we would be that guy that's just like has has to clean up the floor. We're after. trying our heckin' best, man. Yeah, we'd, we'd be that fucking janitor who has to like clean the carpet after someone gets vaporized. So there's just like scorch marks in it. And we're like, Jesus Christ. Or, oh, God, imagine, like, cleaning a holodeck. You have to go in there with a mop Whoa. and a squeegee. Oh, no. You know, so you're like, 
Don't bring a UV light in a holodeck. Or cleaning the teleporter room. <laughs> oh, no, after somebody got gibbed. So you just... Oh, I like it. That's, I like that's it. horrifying. Also, make sure you bring your mouth closer to the mic when you talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Hoi, Tex. I hope you're doing well and YouTube didn't send the assassins yet. Since you... Like D100 systems, have you given games like RuneQuest and Mithras a look? Yes and yes. If you did, what did you think of them? I thought they were okay. Following up on that, what are some of the more obscure and unique settings? RuneQuest Glorantha, Skyrealms of Jorun, bonus round. Might not be best to read this out loud on the podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, not reading that out loud. <laughs> not reading that out loud. It was well, you a, have to read it out no, loud. No, it was a personal question. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, oh, okay. Yeah, that, so. That's fair. Yeah, so the second part of that is, uh, yes. Yes, yes, he does. That's all I can say. Uh, cheers, Blaine Craner. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that sounds like Blaine. Um, yeah, I, I like some of the rarer. Uh, I like some of the rarer... Um, I do like some of the rare settings, but the problem with all of them is that either underdeveloped or you can't find all the materials. And that's usually my my problem. If I can find because a lot of these guys were pre era of open everything, because when you find a game company nowadays, like a video game company, if they're going out, if they're going down the shitter, they'll just upload everything to GitHub and be like, here it is. Here's the source code. We're bankrupt. Enjoy it. And they hand it over to the community. A lot of the stuff is pre that era. So the original materials are just missing. So if there's like uh, 20,000 copies of a book that was a so-so RPG or kind of a middling RPG, it's gone. Yeah. And, and the stuff you're going to find is like a copy of a copy of a copy. So it's like an STC. Uh, next up, greetings, text, and text. Wow. Greetings, text. That's me. Not Sounds him. like you need another drink. I do need another drink. Greetings, text, and the, like? uh, a little more crystal skull, if you don't mind. A little more. Greetings, text in the BPL. I live in fear of my brain falling out due to my avid listening of your podcast. Oh, no. Nevertheless, I must ask you, what two game movie settings of any type would you mix? For example, I would mix a Star Trek setting with 40K setting, having a newly formed and optimistic Federation discover the grim dark horrors of the far future themselves. That's it's kind of a big, scary universe thing. Um, yeah. we, we've talked about that a bit. We we have we have talked about that a bit on on previous podcasts, um, and you know uh, my, Mike's idea for Star Trek was kind of the same thing, where yeah. you have you have a starter newbie race, kind of you know the civilization. They're not human. They're no, just they're, no, they're, they're, they're just like you know they just reach the stars and and they, they meet Starfleet. Yeah, they meet Starfleet, but they also meet some other people, and and they have to you know chart their chart their course. They they have to decide what's right for them. And they start to discover the universe is big and scary and terrifying. And maybe not everyone out there is your friend. Um, if you're talking about settings to mix, you, you have to make sure that the settings actually do mix. Thank you, Catch. When, when settings mix, if, if you take something that's optimistic or noble bright, like Star Trek, and then you mix it with something like 40K, which is grim dark, that's an interesting contrast. But at a certain point, one has to win out over the other. But if you took something crazy, like let's say you took Star Trek and Star Wars. Okay. That could be interesting. That could be very interesting because you have one side of a galaxy, for example, that's this federation of planets that's democratic and has all these systems of order. And then you bump into a giant galactic empire 
that is about systems of control, authoritarianism, and so on. And, you know, they, they want to use uh, planet-killing weapons. And they want to, they, they, they absolutely believe that you belong to them. And they're going to send out armies and armies and armies after you. Well, and I, I think that you can combine Star Trek and Star Wars by making a gateway system between the two galaxies. Um, and I say that only because Star Wars actually has hyperdrive systems that gets them across galaxy. Yeah, which is uh, where Star Trek does not have that. Star Trek actually has warp drive, which might get you to another system in like six hours. Well, and that's that's the interesting thing is you have very different technologies. So you're you're Star Wars yeah. might have weaker lasers, but they can fucking beat you to any size part of the galaxy yeah so it's so overwhelm you you know text that contrast and stuff like that that would that would be kind yeah. of interesting um good day mick nick and other okay that's those are people the, <laughs> am i mick i guess you're mick you gotta be mick now. hi mick how's it going oh how's uh, it going mick oh you know i, I bad oh insert, mickey how you doing out there in, in, insert, Top of the morning to you. <laughs> in, insert my bad irish accent could could you do that maryland man accent catch that's good all right good day mick nick another question one piece of technology from fiction that you can manifest in front of you right now what was the question? Well, yeah, what was the question? One piece of technology from fiction that you can manifest in front of you right now. I would, I, I think my favorite thing I could have would either be a teleporter, um, because I, I wouldn't use it for myself because that would just be terrifying because it's a fax machine that kills people. But I, I'd use it to just, just get open stuff. A, you open a shipping company. No, I, I would just use it to get stuff. I'd be like, where's the bank? And they'd be like, you know, and just you know, I I I would it would be a teleporter, and I would enrich myself with it. Or I it's a teleporter only you can use. So you're sitting there opening your own shipping company, and people are like, oh, I want to ship and put, go to the moon and do this. You're like, hey, it costs money, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I I got to eat pizza rolls. Yeah, I I I do a teleporter. I I do um, oh god, last gun, last gun would be pretty cool. I do uh some sort of nano forge, oh type thing. Yeah basically a, a really fancy 3d printer that can print anything you just have to throw a replicator in. yeah replicator yeah like a replicator. Yeah, yeah 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 okay i i get you a replicator would be pretty fucking sweet yeah that's a lot of stuff i think uh one that would be really useful is that uh, point of view gun from uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh, so, oh yeah so it, people would get along a lot easier if you could just see it from the other person's point of view well yeah and that's the thing is like i i struggle I struggle with, you know, depression and mass anxiety. And a lot of people are like, why don't you just try not freaking out? And I'd and be like, yeah, shoot them with that gun. And they're like, oh, my sad? God. Yeah. Just, or even scientists who are like trying to explain why all these horrible things happen. And you just shoot people with they're like, oh, my God, science is scary. And they're like, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, that would that would actually be really cool. I mean, I, we, we just mass issued them to teachers because a kid would be like, why? Yeah. And you'd be like, Poof, and he's like, oh, because it's for my well-being. Yep. And you're like, oh, but then the bad people might use that. But it's like, no, if everybody's armed with it. Yeah, if everyone's armed with it, the bad guy would shoot, and then you'd shoot him back. And then you'd be like, you know what? Let's just go get barbecue. We yeah. both have, yeah, yeah, we understand each other now. People people don't understand that conflicting views can be easily overridden if you had that gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can actually feel what the other Oh, the UN feeling. is just a shootout with them. Oh, God, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> and then everyone just kind of nods and goes, yeah, let's get some pizza rolls. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's that, a that, that's a good one. Yeah. Extra condition: you must also bring a random major bad thing from that fiction. Ooh. Oops. Uh, the Vogons. Just, <sighs> just have to bring them with. They'd them. go work for the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. If if I brought a teleport, I'd probably end up bringing back the Borg, and this planet would be gone in like a week. 
Oops. Ooh. I don't know. Actually, we have projectile weapons. We might do okay. Yeah. Yeah. Until they start making armor that can just neutronium or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Could catch what would be a banned thing from your... Well, the problem is the idea of a nanoforge is from a lot of different fictions, and some of them are just fan fictions. Okay, but something random uh, and bad. A, a digital sentience that is uh, malevolent. Oh, God, that would suck. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, P.S. Thanks for the personable, honest media you fellas create, helping anchor myself and the world when I found myself floating in the void. You're welcome, brother. PSS made this pick during the fallout stream, but it ended 15 minutes after I started. So I posted a link on the YouTube, but it got removed. The MS paint mouse drawn crap. First thing I've drawn in three to four years. So it's yours. He says, I'm JC, by the way. So look, it's somebody drew scrambles. All right. That's got to go on the, uh, that's going to go on. the. Twitter. That looks like a title card to me. <laughs> you know what? Send that to me. That's the title card for uh, the fallout. Because I'm, I'm making title cards in the courtesy flush. Okay. I'm going to upload all the pay- playlists, and that, that's it. That's the one. Oh, okay. This was JC. It says, is JC, by the way, but I'm not sure which JC. Yeah, we, we have one particular. Yeah, we have we have a JC, but there could be another Jay's JC. Christ. Jay's Christ. Or Jim Cutlery. <laughs> they call me Jim Cutlery, and he's, like, got knife hands. Okay. Hi, BPL. Star Trek question. Why does Starfleet, a futuristic semi-military organization that has gone to war numerous times, have such shit weapons and armor? It seems like Starfleet personnel are very prone to getting boarded, captured, knocked out, or killed, sometimes even by primitives with Stone Age weapons. How are they not embarrassed by this? Just equip your security teams with basic power armor and full-auto laser guns. They don't even have to be phasers, and the hostile warrior tribes of yesteryear are nothing more than pink mist. Signed, Argifts. That's a good point. Um, I think it's because they are noble bright, so they yeah. don't go to war. Yeah. They just go, we'd rather lose a few people. To- or or they're, it's, uh, they're too used to fighting a specific enemy or a specific yeah, way. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I would love to see a future setting where they got like the fucking mobile infantry, though. Where well, they just, they're like, oh, you fucked with our science boat? Well, here comes Doom Brick, and it just comes <laughs> in, and it's like drop pods coming in. and yeah. I No, I, I think that uh, Starfleet would totally have one of those. You know how they have like the wide beam setting? on the on the phaser they never really use that often yeah because that's an expensive effect yeah it, it, where it just shoots everybody i think they would have one with a backpack and it's just they walk forward into whatever village that they don't want anymore and it erases it <laughs> basically it's like, future sh- flamethrower yeah guys like wearing headphones listening to like credence or something <laughs> burning <laughs> burning <laughs> Some folks about Oh my god. Shuttle pod going by blaring credence and the door is open and the guy's using that on everything below. <laughs> it's disappearing. Bum, 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 Space shuttle bum, door bum. gunner baby. Yes. Oh fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, look, if we had to write Star Trek, that would be a thing. Because they'd be like, what happened here? And then you wind it back and it's bum, 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 Barney. <laughs> Barney, you see all these shuttles coming in yep. and they're like, hit them with the psyops, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Charlie, don't surf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. All right. Next up. Sup, happy truck Osborne of the Black Pants Legion coming to you recorded hey. from Rockport, Missouri. He's a good guy. Very. Had a, had a, he, he might visit at some point. So I'd, I'd Yay, like, yeah. I can't wait to see him and his comfy scrubs. Oh, he, he, he is so comfy. He, he also gives good hugs. Yeah. Had a pair of questions for you. Question one. I remember a project where you 
where you effectively had a journal log once a week for a year. At this point, I have only listened to four of the episodes of the podcast, but I'm getting similar cathartic vibes off it. Am I reading into this correctly? There may be some catharsis for you to gain by doing this. Question two, is there a Saturday Night Live quote that runs along the following? I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. That is from the repeated skit I believe to be called Daily Affirmations with Richard Smalley. There is no actual second question. My intent was to get you to say those lines so I can hire someone to snip them out into a separate audio file. <laughs> and, yet that file and yeet that file at you next time you has a sad. Consider yourself bamboozled <laughs> aside from that your podcast has helped my eyes off the phone like you mentioned at the end of the first podcast and at my current rate of consumption i anticipate it will do so for about four more days i'm awaiting your dressing down for the bamboozling on discord signed happy truck and he says also while the word is normally used for my oxygen not included playthrough and other videos written messages also constitute a form of recording so the use of the word recording is technically correct the best kind of correct nyahaha god nice. damn you for the bamboozle um yeah this is kind of cathartic to do a podcast um especially since i'm kind of drawn down at the rate of making content and it's good to sit around with friends as i am oh, now yeah. you know and just yeah. fucking shoot the shit i mean yeah. that's 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 there's great not much else you can do these days yeah exactly so cheers boys cheers yes. here's to good friends and drinking the weird vodka from dan Aykroyd. <laughs> thank you mr Aykroyd. thank you mr Aykroyd, for whatever the fuck you do for a living <laughs> Yeah, talks into a microphone. I don't think he acts. I think he just is Dan Aykroyd. I think, it's I think just Hollywood's him. afraid it's of just him. his personality. Yeah. yeah, he just comes out there and he's like, I'm going to be a blues musician with a car that breaks physics. And, and they're like, sure. He's like, I want to make the new Ghostbusters movie. And they're like, the last time we had you on here, you actually wore a nuclear reactor on your back. He was like, yeah, of course I did. I, like, I would love to have Dan Aykroyd <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. I got to keep the ghosts out. <laughs> no, I, I would love to... <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to have Dan Aykroyd on the podcast because I heard that he's autistic and I am autistic. So I would love to have an autist off with Dan Aykroyd. We'd drink some of that vodka. Might get the sandbags. Oh no. Yeah. No, we'd have an autist <laughs> off and we would we would just sit there and drink drink his fine fine vodka filtered my through eyes. Uh, Herkimer diamonds. Have a good time. So Kind of a long email, my bad. TLDR, old Soviet sniper claps Chinese field marshal in pure chaotic BPL fashion. Hey, y'all absolutely love what the Legion does. Any hoozle, I was listening to y'all's last podcast, the one that came back in July 31st. God, we're behind on these. And yeah. I remember how Tex brought up how he don't like Tom Clancy, which is understandable. And I ain't trying to dissuade you from your opinion, none. But there is a moment from one of the Ryanverse novels that is worthy of its own TV series. I'm going off memory, so I may not remember anything clearly, but in the novel Bear and the Dragon, there is a large oil and gold discovery in East Russia. Well, the only dude that lives out there is this old Soviet vet who was a sniper in World War II. Well, the government is somebody, or the government or somebody is trying to buy this land, and he ain't budging. Then the Chinese invade for the newly found resources, so the old Soviet vet dude agrees to move if he can have a new rifle and is allowed to kill one last enemy from Mother Russia. The government says, fuck it, because Russia let the dude have his shot. So he's with this Russian BMP scout squad on a cliff overlooking the Chinese armored column that is stopped in the road while the Chinese field marshal gets out in the open to look ahead for some reason. So not knowing this, the scouts allow the Russian to take the shot, thus ending the field marshal and causing holy hell to rain down on the now quickly retreating BMP while one of the soldiers screams, that was fucking general. 
all the while the old Soviet vet laughs, knowing full fucking well who the fuck he shot. That moment reminds me of something the BPL would do in a game like Arma or something. Anyways, love what you guys do. Sincerely, Jumba. P.S. Still haven't discovered how to get in the Legion. Would it please work? If so, may I please join? Please doesn't work. You have to find the way. And yes, that's kind of what we do. I mean, Fireteam Whiskey is those moments. Oh, yeah. 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 Scan all the QR codes, man. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Don't. Or do. Yeah. Do. Go they're, ahead. They're, no. They're the pretty the way is out there. Just they're scan the them all. Yeah. Good luck. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, yeah. We've tried Arma before, but the problem with Arma is like, it's a janky ass game. It's a really janky ass game. And Arma is like a Wagner opera where there's like four hours of noise and like three hour, three minutes of good, good shit. So you you have your your one crazy moment, and you have to record six to eight hours to get that one. Yeah, crazy Yeah, because you're moment. just trying to get there. Yeah, you're the you, crazy moment. Yeah, you're just trying to get there, and so that's why like a lot of videos where people are doing crazy stuff in Arma, it's because you have a script, you you have two hundred people in a group that are all saying, okay, we're all gonna go to this place. Here's your places. Here's your lines. Here's what you're gonna do. This is gonna come in at this point, and it, it's like a movie. That's why it becomes those movie moments. Um, at least from my observation, it feels like a production. Uh, what the oh, B- it's a production. I don't think it's that intricate, but it's definitely a production. I, yeah, it, it, I, don't, I don't think there's an actual script. No, no. I, I don't mean a script in terms of here are your lines. I mean uh, more in terms of here's where you're going to be. Here's where the action's going to be. We're going to attack here, okay. and these guys will be there. So it's kind of like a World War II reenactment, because World War II reenactments, the ones I've been to, have a script in that... You guys will defend here. These guys will attack here. And, and there, there are people who are in on what's happening, and then there are a lot of people in it who are not. Well, yeah, because you want idea. that genuine-ish reaction of panic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of not knowing. So it, it feels a little real. But the BPL, this is just us hanging out when we shoot yeah. stuff like Fireteam Whiskey yeah. or whatever. You know. If you think that's scripted, then uh, <laughs> yeah. You got okay. another thing coming. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, and I, uh, I, I don't mean to like shit on people who make Arma videos or anything. I don't it's think just, anybody can try to be that shitty at a video game. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. That's that's all That's all. Except natural. for, no, at, like watching cats shoot. I'm like, I don't want to cut any of this because he's just in there with a Mosin. Just yeah. boom, bah, bah. boom. Boom. Yeah. Clearing rooms. Comrade, commissar, I have destroyed fascisti. Um, but no, it. I, I'm not meaning to shit on people making army videos or whatever, but I, I think that all that is a lot of coordination. I shouldn't have said the script. I should have said coordination, where it's, it's like setting up a play, but it's still improv, you know, so everyone's yeah. saying what they say, but there's... There's all this stuff that goes into it, and we're we're not a milsim group. No, no. We, we just like having fun. Because could we put on our tryhard pants? Could we do all this stuff? Could we record audio in post and riff off of what we've done? Sure, but that's not us. Mm, yeah, that's I, not us. I have I honestly I have more fun fucking around with yes. milsims than I oh, do yeah. actually trying to be like tactical and know where all the buttons are how many people can we stack on top of this bmp yes. yeah that's that's the kind of stuff we do people is, like oh yeah. we could do this mission where there's like five bases it's like that's fucking boring um let's do something like you know fly the helicopter upside down over the lake yeah we'll call it skimming the milk man yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah i mean we we just like coming up with dumb ideas and living in that moment we you know that moment where you're like leaning back in a chair and you start to fall over and there's that moment of panic 
the BPL is that moment for hours at a time. It's that moment. Oh, oh, oh fuck. It's, it's like driving with somebody who's just got their learner's permit and heavy traffic. And they're oh. just like, how close do I follow the car behind me? And you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Um, so next up. Good day to you, BPL crew. I have some Battletech time of war questions that I've been struggling with. Ooh. Background, I created a Battletech campaign for a medium weight company sized mercenary unit set in the Free Rasselhag Republic during the Ronin War. Okay. So, 3039? Uh, they're covertly dropped onto the world of Outpost to take some anti-orbital artillery, so... A unit of the uh, King's Army can land their dropships and take out the garrison forces of the first Alton-marked militia, the bulk of which was off-raiding Tukiad for food supplies. The hook of the campaign is that the FRR decided to free outpost while they were gone and deny the militia a home base to return to and take their supplies for use by the King's Army. I know it's King's Army, but I can't say that well. It's all right. I decided to make an accompanying campaign for a time of war. I got the digital book, made the campaign, and almost done. I'm really proud of it. It involves finding supposedly Star League era equipment put into a long-term storage by the SLDF 47th Royal Mechanized Division. It's really outmoded junk from the primitive TROs. Good choice. A planetary resistance movement that goes back to Kerensky's exodus, sort of, it's complicated. An Alex Jones type that has all the information but comes hilariously insane conclusions, that happens to be almost true, and a conclusion that has the potential for war crimes galore. Mech versus infantry equals funny. Hell, there's even some Comstar fuckery for funsies. So here are my questions, now that he established that. One. Uh, before you get to the questions, I have to say, man, uh, you know, as somebody who does not know much about Battletech, and, you know, I have to edit it and read up on it, uh, your fucking description of what you've put together sounds way better than most of the games that I have actually seen played. Yeah. Because everyone kind of plays it for the mech combat and mech combat yeah, only, you're, and it's you're, like super, like, well, and mathematics I, and I, buttons. I, I, and I stuff. think that's I think that's great. Mech combat's great, but the reasons for why is more important. Yeah, than Yeah, I I, you know? I like to have the role play element in there, and I think that's well fucking fantastic. It's one of those moments that. where someone said, "Why is the Black Watch so important? Why is the last stand of the Black Watch so important?" I said, "Well, it's not the battle; it's the why." The, yeah. you fucked with the royal family. We have one job, and you're gonna fucking die. Like that epic last stand is why we yeah. like it, not because of the fighting. But they knew they were going to die. They just didn't give a fuck. And that's those are the moments in history you like, where there's that one guy versus 100, and he's like, I'll take you all you out want, with me. Hey, you want Battletech's Kobayashi Maru? They yeah. actually have that scenario where uh, the Black Watch is surrounded by Ameris' troops. Yeah, except the, if you uh, look at the stats of the Black Watch pilots, they're like 0100 pilots. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's like <laughs> you win. <laughs> Well, you have it's it's just overwhelming waves until you lose basically, yes. yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a game of like how far can you get? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I've played it once. But anyway, let's hear those questions. All right, so, I started the RPG campaign before I read the A Time of War rules on combat and I'm terrified. I haven't been a GM for 20 plus years now and I have to keep an entertaining game rhythm with combat rules that are more clunky than a brick in a spin dryer. <laughs> I like some crunch in a game, but dear lord, there are three different rule sets depending on the level of combat plus rules for hit locations if you want to do that. I've already decided to ditch some of the more egregious rules but do you guys have any homebrew suggestions or thoughts that would help streamline this any insight would help okay there is I, i'm getting back into the dm saddle myself 
After 10 years, I used to be a really good DM, and then I didn't for a long time. Um, I had some groups just kill the fun of it, and I'm nervous about starting this up myself. But the one thing I can tell you is ultimately uh, the players only know what the players know. You don't need to use every last rule set. You can use anything you want. I knew a DM who just rolled dice and said what happened anyways behind his DM screen, and we didn't know for a year and a half. We didn't know he didn't consult any roles or anything. He just rolled dice behind his DM screen. It made the noise. Things seemed logical, and we went with it because he was a good storyteller. Most people play a game for a story, not, oh, yeah, I rolled a 20. That doesn't mean anything. But yeah. I saved the day, but I died in the process. My man died a hero. That's a story people remember. Tell a good story first. Everything else, shave the edges off. No, I, I agree. All right. I, I, mean, I, I agree 100%. Well, I don't have anything else I could add to that. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, the only thing your players know is, is what you tell them. I had to fuck around with the Star Trek uh, RPGs dice because it was just... It, oh, yeah. No, fuck it. I mean... You, if your characters reach a certain stat point, they just win every roll. There's I, a, they're even at, like, complication range five. They I, can just win. I've played in D&D campaigns where the DM knew every rule and every dice roll and everything was mechanically perfect. And those were the most boring campaigns I ever ran, even though combat ran really smooth because the story sucked. But I ran in games where combat got really clunky. But it was half hours between dice rolls. Yeah. Because the story was really good. And everyone's like getting in on it. You know? Yeah. Every every roll has, has a unique chance for you to come up with a fun storyline for it. Dice should I, help the story. Dice should not move the well, story. Well, it was like uh, when we were playing Delta Green and yes. we died in a really horrible fashion. It was great. And, and it no, was really and cool. We've I talked remember, about it since many yeah, times. Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually, and Deputy was running the game, and I remember when I died, he rolled it. He's like, "Yeah, it was under forty percent. I'm sorry, but you're dead." And I said, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, it's under." I'm like, "He was like, well, it's under forty percent." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I, I don't care about the the, the mechanics I, are dumb. I, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, I yeah. want to hear how he dies. Give yeah, me a good example. And he get he gave it, man, and it was great. I, and I, that's where I'm like, I realize there are a lot of players who want to call bullshit on it, but I'm like, I would rather it be a bullshit role with an amazing fucking story about how I get torn apart. Then some sort of you're dead. Give me your character sheet. Yeah, and when that's that's the problem is there's <laughs> role players R O L E and there's role players R O L L. If if you want to kick in the door style game with brain dead shit, go play five E, go play four E, go play three five, go play any of the D and D's. Mm -hmm. Run standard modules right out of the book. They've taken all the brain think for you. They've made all the brain smarts do. But if you want to create something cool, you're on the right path, man. So next question he has is, I'm also trying to put the RPG campaign into Roll20, and it's taking a while to get it going. Watching a lot of tutorial videos, but I was wondering if Mike or anyone else had any suggestions for newbies, especially concerning dice rolls. I screw that up a lot. It seems like once I get the, everything dialed in, it will be fairly easy, but I'm definitely riding the struggle bus right now. Um, Just get have a cheat sheet open, so that way you can see what... Yeah. Or, or do what... Uh, quick things people are going to ask a lot, like... What do I roll for that? Just have your cheat sheet open. Cheat sheet, yeah. Or or do what someone in Goat's group did and have uh, macros. Yeah, and, and yeah. I've oh, got... Oh, we, we have them on ours as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, I always have my cheat sheet. 
I, I always have my DM cheat sheet. So mm-hmm. what is a cheat sheet? Like, what's a good cheat sheet? Because that's, well, a, that's a, good, a good question. Every system has a cheat sheet, and it's called the DM's... Um, basically, like, basically, the DM screen with yeah, all the tables on DM it. Yeah, DM screen has all your tables on it. And it's just like, here's what does what, and you just have your DM screen open. And, and it's like combat, melee yeah. or ranged. And then yep. here's what they have to roll for those, so that when, when they ask, what do I roll, you immediately have the answer. So yeah. the, the thing goes smoothly. Or you have a thing where it's like, persuasion what what do we use for that and you know those are suggestions but having to cheat sheet especially when you're trying to work on telling a story yeah uh without having to go break out of the story mode so i can go look at a book and find out what the hell that trait was supposed to be uh have a copy of all of the characters traits a part of that treat cheat sheets so that way you know what their what their uh traits are so that way if they're like uh you know, they might forget that they have a trait. You can give them a little nudge and be like, "You do have a trait." Yeah, that does you, that. you, you yeah. do. You do have awareness. And you if, might be able to. Yeah, if you have to. Uh, if it has to be asked more than twice, just write it on there. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 fucking smart. Yeah, yeah take notes. Yeah, I mean, if players take notes. DMs should take notes. Yes, doubly so. Um, he said, lastly, I want to thank you guys for the awesome work you do here and on your channels. I was never a huge video game guy, but the Courtesy Flesh is really entertaining, and the BPL channel has some cool videos, so I got a few of the games. Mike, I watched Star Trek not just for how great it was, but I also started to literally take notes because you're the type of GM I want to be. Wow, man, that's really nice of you to say. Thank you for Thank you for the courtesy, <laughs> as we say often on that. It's, yeah. it's true. Tex, you and your team have put the lore into Battletech into a form it truly deserves. Thank you, sir. Also, I like that you don't water down your opinions to please anyone. Well, fuck that. If you're not mean about it, but you're also not going to change just for popularity's sake. It's a hard line to walk, but you guys do it well. Awesome yeah. job. Sincerely. Yeah. Augie, another asshole with an opinion. Thank you, Augie. That, well, that was really well thought out. Thank you, yeah. And and also, like, if you don't have a nice thing to say, just don't say it at all. Yeah. You don't have to censor yourself. Just don't say anything. All right. There's no, there's no point in being mean if you... No, and that's the thing is, if your first reaction to say something mean, this is something my grand, granddad taught me. If your first reaction is to go, fuck you, and throw something, sit back and think why you think that. Because you may not like what they have to say or what they're doing, but think about it. Go... Why? Is it something you recognize in them that reminds me of something in yourself yeah. you're not happy with? Or is it something that offends your morality? And you examine that and you can come with a much better response than fuck you. And that's that's one of the things I've learned is I go, I, I've said this many times, like I hate 40K because of what Games Workshop is doing with it right now. And some people, their first reaction is, fuck you, I love 40K. And I go, no, 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 no. Examine what I've said. Exactly what I've said. Because people just assume I hate 40K. And it goes, no, no, no. Listen to what I say, my reasons and what have you. We can have a conversation about that. Because Mm -hmm. I, I believe in the dialectic argument. I don't know everything. And I believe you also don't know everything. No. But between us, by having this conversation back and forth, we can arrive at a higher truth and go, well, what if we're both right and both wrong and come up with some enlightening shit? And, you yeah, know. no, and I was going to say, uh, I think the best way to think about it is do your best to try not to be the vampire in the mirror of self-reflection. Ooh, that's a good way of Ooh. saying it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically do your best. I mean, it's not easy. We're always yeah. going to see. Well, past, yeah, I you mean, know, it's uh, there. But do a, your best. There, there's a quote I like from the U.S. Civil War. It was a letter home from a soldier. And he says, you know, listen to the angels of your better nature. You know, mm-hmm. the, the best version of yourself. 
you know, so where you could react angrily and lash out, you know, you take that moment, you take that breather, you disengage and you go, oh, you know, what if, what if I try to be a nice guy today? Yeah. So to the BPL, use this how you will. Mm-hmm. I was stumbling around on the YouTubes looking for Battletech lore to listen to while I was supposed to be cleaning and I fell upon your channel. Long story short, started listening, watching to Text Talks Battletech and stayed for everything else. Love what you guys do. I'm just now learning about Discord. I don't quite understand it. I'm not really a shit poster, but I can be creative, or at least I think I'll leave that up to you. While listening to a podcast, I heard Mr. Tex wanting to develop a Tank Knights game. This sounds like an epic idea. <laughs> I don't really have anything taking up my time. What can I do to help make Tank Knights a thing? Thank you for your time. And he signs himself as Ropes. So here is the issue with that. I would love to do a Tank Knights game. I love the idea of like a diesel punk, maybe even a post-apocalyptic setting where you have these like orders of knights that drive tanks, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and it's it's over resources or territory or what have you. So it's like a pl- post-collapse civilization. So you, you, you have like knights controlling realms and what have you. Um, I'm not sure if that would be like a miniatures battle war game or even an RPG, and it could be both. Uh, that, would, that would be a pretty fun game, even if it was like a simulator, even something that's like action light, like Call of Duty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just or World of Tanks or something like that. War Thunder, not yeah. World of Tanks. Yeah. Well, okay, not World of Tanks. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, yeah, it, it would. It would. It's an idea. I've got my idea box. I'm. I'm going to probably start working on some more of this RPG stuff because I'm writing a Dark Heresy uh, manual right now, um, which is a combination of first and second edition. And it's a setting guide and also a module. So once I'm done with that, I may I may look at Tank Knights. I may also look at this other RPG idea I've been throwing around called Big Scary Universe. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah I, I look forward to that. Yeah. Also, uh, a part of your Discord thing I just want to point out, just do yourself a favor and add an avatar. I know a lot of people don't think about that uh, or don't think that's a big deal, but... I really get tired of seeing people who just use Discord with that default the, the, yeah, icon. Yeah, the colored silhouette. It's not a good icon. Not only that, but choose an avatar that really reflects you. Yeah, don't choose, pick something lame like a suit of armor because that seems. Or, like, no, I'm kidding. Don't, <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of hate for that one because like majority of my friends list. Oh well, yeah, it's like Jake, a guy. With Jake's going to come over here and kick your ass. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, Jake, actually, Jake, Jake, Jake has Jake, a though. Jake has a real suit of armor. Okay, that's if him you, in the photo. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> if you own a real suit of armor. Absolutely use a picture of yourself in a suit of armor. Yes. But choose something that reflects you. Yeah. Like, really reflects you. If you're into motorcycles, take, take a picture of your fucking motorcycle. Fuck yeah. If you're into fucking guns, take a picture of you shooting some guns, you know, at night. So you see the tracers and oh, fire yeah. and flash. If you're into fucking writing, take a picture of your favorite book. Or a typewriter. Or, or a typewriter. Yeah. I mean, be... Be yourself. Or the classic quill and parchment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I shall ascribe to Vellum the words of my forefathers. Yeah. Scratch. Uh. <laughs> it's All usually right. it's usually just I when I see someone who doesn't have the icon, I I go, is this a spammer? Am I going to get Oh, my God. So, so you automatically go to this is a spammer. I, I think that. I think that every time I'm like, somebody's trying to scam me. Because oh. they don't take the time to put an icon on there. But you can Okay, that's a good. That's a good yeah, idea. Applying icons takes time. Time is money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> time is money. Next one is from Cameron Dangar Schooley. Hey BPL, up late painting my space weebs. Tow. Listening to the podcast. Have you seen the Star Trek animated series? Yeah. If you, I did not know that was. 
I did not know that was a thing. Oh, it's, I'm not surprised it's, it's a thing, but it's I, great. I did not know it was a thing. I absolutely love the Star Trek animated series. It is not a good Star Trek show, but goddamn, is it a lot of fun to watch. Okay. I mean, it is <laughs> It is Hanna-Barbera Hanna cartoon level, but with Star Trek characters. And so they're able to do stuff they weren't able to do in the original series, like add alien races with a lot more features to them. So you have a guy who's just like literally a squid, like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, it's not just human. Oh, that's different, Charlie. He works skin. down in reclamation. He's like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> okay. I love shit like that. I think that's yeah. fucking cool. If so, do you plan on covering it in the future? I don't I don't know how we'd cover it, but... So he says, animation is subpar, but not bad for the era. It's hit and miss, but there are some great plot lines and references to the original. Mud yeah. even makes an appearance in one episode. Thanks for how yeah. hard all the work when, you do to bring us this epic out? content. 1970s. Oh, This okay. was like right after Star Trek, the original series was canceled, and they were ah. like, let's make a cartoon version of it. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was like... This is not would not fly in canon, but goddamn, this is this is way more fun than it should be. All right, I I would have respected the lower decks more if they did it in that like style. I would have respected lower <laughs> decks if it wasn't just Rick and Morty. Yeah, just people talking a million miles a minute about a joke. It's it, uh, who's I think it was Psyduck who said it best. It's like it's like having that guy who tells you a joke and just keeps repeating it over and over again like a parrot. Well, that's that's how I feel about memes. Um, like a meme should travel; it should go around a room, and everyone's seen it. But the problem is, memes get recycled, so yeah. they just go and go and go and go and go. Ain't nothing and, wrong with a little recycled meme every now and then. But yes, yes. the problem lies in a, a meme needs to evolve. Yes, that's that's the problem. A meme needs to evolve. So. Hey, Tex and other wacky characters on the podcast. I've been listening to the podcast since it started, and it's the only one I listen to the day it comes out. And I've been watching lots and lots of your videos before that. I've grown to admire the community of the Black Pants Legion, and from what I've heard, I wish to one day create one similar. That leads to my question. How do you and the other Legionnaires build, maintain the consistency and excitement in your community? And it feels like whenever I try, it dies down after a week. Thanks a lot from a young future grognard, signed Brian. Okay. You have to understand something. Going forward, there are two ways to do things. There are two ways to do things. I'm going to tell you this, and this is going to suck for you to hear. You can do things the honest way, or you can do things the easy way. The honest way involves playing what you like, doing what you like, and being true to yourself. Being absolutely true to yourself. Which means, if you don't feel like doing anything... Don't do something. If you feel like this is boring, don't do it. If this excites you, but no one cares about it, play it. When I was playing and recording Space Station 13, I was one of like three guys who did it. And I was the only guy doing it regularly, you know, and, and it, it's one of those things because that interests me right now. Space Station 13 is semi-popular. We have a lot of streamers and shit playing it. It's changed a lot. Do I still play it? Yeah, because it's what I like. Do what you like. If I wanted to make it big, I'd go talk 40K lore yeah. because 40K lore, you can go text to speech straight from fucking Wikipedia and you can make a million views overnight or you can bring love to the setting you love, which I've done with Battletech. Be true to yourself because if you're true to yourself and what you do, you're going to attract people who appreciate you for you, not because of your entertainment. Mm -hmm. They will enjoy you as a person and what you value, and you will find valuable allies and good friends. 
Now, if you want to do things the fast way, follow the latest means, follow the latest trends, only do what's popular. Play the latest games. Play the latest games. You know, do day zero releases, do hot takes on stuff, use clickbait thumbnails. And in the end, you'll find yourself surrounded by a lot of people who say they love what you do and a week later forget about you. And if that's that's what you want, fame and fortune, you know, that's the dice you can roll. But I'd not recommend it. No. The long, slow, hard road is so much better. Be true to yourself, sir. And you will find true people to back you up when you feel Speaking low. Of Speaking of nut hatches, we got <laughs> birds everywhere. Yeah, we have, I have quite a few pictures of them. Thank you very much for humoring my question on the podcast. Indeed, I'm not a legionnaire, nor I intend to try to become one, considering that you've said in one of the podcasts, if I recall correctly, that the legionnaires need to stay active in the community and my tendency to be fairly damn quiet. I will get booted off the server anyways. Smiley face emoticon. I have a request. If you actually did write the whole damn paper on why 4E sucks, I'd like to read it. No, don't feed that part of me. Don't. And also, <laughs> he did write a whole paper. I, on I it. did. I Mike seen it. 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 It was like ten pages. I wouldn't pages. be surprised. It, no, it was. It was like ten pages. And, and he had to edit it down because he started to realize he was ranting. And yeah, I'm, I try to fight that part of me. No, it was. It was sourced and cited. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, seriously, can you publish it somewhere? Just send it to me. I would absolutely love to read it. I won't publish it anywhere. Or show it to anyone if you don't want it to be public. If you joked about writing it, then my apologies. Thank you very much for the work you and the BPL do. Those podcasts are a great addition to the YouTube channel and I enjoy listening to them a whole damn lot. P.S. No guts, no galaxy. All right, that long rant on 4E. I'm going to tell you this much because whenever I write something and then abandon it, I, I realize I, I do that for the exercise of just getting that thought off my head, you know, just, just getting it out there. Uh -huh. Yeah, but... I would honestly recommend you go ahead and do some research into 4E because you're going to find more ghosts in that closet than you thought were there. And it's it's the whole production and design of 4E was crazy. Like, I think they had a 14-month turnaround time yeah. from, like, idea to out the door. It was designed to make as much money as possible, so no reverse compatibility. Uh, there was a lot of crazy shit that happened behind the scenes. And that's that's the stuff I kept happening. You know, all this crazy drama, people saying this isn't what I wanted or this is really against the idea of D&D &D and whatever, you know, people leaving the project. It, it was a nightmare. I mean, it's it's parallel to anything the EA does or I assume their mindset was that we'll make we'll make a little bit of money off this and then we could do the thing we really want to do. That's no, all, they, that's they the, made that's yeah, a trap a lot of people. Well, that was the into. idea was just to make a shitload of money. Um, and it's the same trap that World of Darkness did where they're like, we'll create a new edition, make a shitload of money. And then they poison the well. Yeah, that that that's the danger of it. That's the risk. I, I would encourage you to read into that because you're going to find a lot of crazy. Next up, let's see. Hopefully, this is the right email address for the subject. It is. Hey, guys. Love the podcast y'all do. Started with the MMO ones, episodes 16 and 17, I think. Found them highly entertaining and truly cathartic. Actually, currently using them as great filler for sitting here in Eve doing ice mining about a month into the game. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> You're in for bad times. So anyways, I heard you say something about gunsmithing, getting into it and doing great work. How did you manage to get into it in the first place? And do you have any YouTube videos dedicated to it? I know and feel you from some of your posts that you are a massive workaholic and have mentioned the stress you feel and put yourself for the Battletech stuff. That would be just one more thing for you to stress out on. Please don't. I just know you mentioned something about showing folks how you say, fix 
some old firearm. I would love to see that. I think many others would as well. Also, do you have any suggestions on how I would get in on doing that when someone has no spare cash to start or invest in any of the training and equipment? Thanks, Duke the Bear. Okay. Um, gunsmithing, like any mechanical work, is going to require investiture, and it's time and money. You're yep. going to need tools, and you're going to need training, and you're going to have to practice. So if you don't have formal training, I apprenticed under a guy. I, I was an apprentice under a guild system. So you, in, you find a master gunsmith who has an apprentice program. You learn under him, and you you do a lot of work for him for not much money at all, and he teaches you everything. Uh, you're going to need a lot of investiture and tools. You're going to be spending a lot of money on little things like, you know, making your own polished hammers and, uh, you know, shitloads and punches and weird dies and tools. You're, you're going to spend ass loads of money on toolboxes and little nuts and bolts and all sorts of stuff that you never thought you'd need, like breaker bars and, you know, uh, God, you're, you're going to end up buying stuff to punch rivets, drive rivets. You're going to buy torches and all sorts and sizes. I mean, it's it's a lot of tools and equipment. Um, if, if you're looking at just working on guns as a hobby, I would look into armoring. That is the first kind of lower level. That's where, you know, you could build an AR-15 if you're an armorer. You could build a Glock if you're an armorer. Armoring's easy, and you can find guides on it online. You can you can find a lot of good written material out there, but always invest in knowledge and tools, and don't do it unless you have the time to actually train yourself or someone to train you. Getting into anything, whether it be auto mechanics or you know, it, gunsmithing or hell, you know, being an electrician, you want to work under a professional because when things go good, it's great. When things go bad, you can burn your house down. Yeah, and th for what he asked about uh, gunsmithing videos or something. Yeah. Uh, there's two YouTube channels that I'd like to recommend. One is called the, uh, let's see, yes, the School of the American Rifle. And the other one is Mark Novak. Mark Novak is great. Yes, he covers a lot of the the weirder stuff. or something yeah. like he, Mark, Mark Novak is an old school gunsmith. He's put up... Uh, I think two videos recently on the on fixing an MP18. Yep, it, his his approach to that was actually really brilliant. Um, it, cutting through the tube was not something I had thought, and he he was absolutely brilliant on that. And probably one of my favorite ones is when he repaired a pair of uh, auto revolvers. A, yeah, what is it? A Webley Mark IV, a, a Webley Fosberry. Yeah, Webley Fosberry and a Matiba. Yeah, Matiba Unica Six. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's a good guy. But again, even on Mark Novak's videos, he says this is not a substitute for training. Yeah, it, this like, is this is this is just inf information. Yeah, but, you know. he even said in his uh his auto revolver video that there, you can't find a video of someone taking these apart. Yeah, and so what what I'd recommend is if you're really serious about gunsmithing, there's a lot of colleges and community colleges that offer it. Um, but it is kind of a dying art. Yeah. So, what what's that uh, one that's being pushed on all the gun tuber channels? That's uh, Sonoran Desert Institute or something. I, I think so. But the, the problem is, it is, it is a dying art. There's there's not a lot of gunsmiths anymore. Yeah. And there's a there's another school in Philadelphia that I thought about going to when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, I I learned under the guild system, but even that's disappearing. You know. So it's 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 one of those it's one of those dying arts like blacksmithing in a lot of ways. Um. So yeah. Thank you for your inquiry. Uh, dear text in the BPL, thank you for responding to my previous questions. You were quite insightful, and the Trove.net has been a boon of knowledge, some of which I thought was lost to the sands of time, so to speak. 
Anyway, I had thought the other day of a Space Station 13 server based on Warhammer 40k. It existed. It was called Archangel. I know Games Workshops is very protective of its IP, and they would probably have a problem with it since it wouldn't be making money off it, but if you could make it, what resources, time periods, and factions would you love to see in such a thing? I think it'd be called Spes Marine. Working title. Anyways, thanks a bunch. Emperor's Blessing upon you. Sarcastic. Um, Archangel Station existed. Um, it fell apart from internal drama, more or less. Um, there, there were warring factions trying to control it, as far as I'm aware. Um, but the thing is, is certain things do work in space station 13. Some things don't, I think the idea of applying 40 K to everything is kind of not smart because 40 K should be its own thing. And I I've noticed that like, you'll go play men of war assault squad and it'll be like Warhammer 40 K mods. And you go play Stellaris Warhammer 40 K mods. And you go play. You know, Arma 3, Warhammer 40k mods, and everything is Warhammer 40k. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Warhammer 40k mod for Total War Warhammer. Of course. Why not? <laughs> there's always a Warhammer 40k mod. Always. But I, for in Space Station 13, I feel like it'll work best in a CM style server. It would. Where and it just, would, yeah, Imperial a, Guard or something. Like Tyranids or something. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's, that's absolutely, absolutely. It's basically the same thing. Pretty much. <laughs> However, I, I, I think that it's the, the idea of it is let 40K be 40K and let things be things. Because if you look at CM, the reason CM is so good is because it's true to the lore of the universe and the level of detail is amazing. And it's, it's one of those rare things where the level of detail really shines through. Archangel was an interesting idea. But it was an amalgamation of a lot of different ideas. And because of that, I think it failed because of the people behind it just couldn't see eye to eye. I interviewed some of the people in charge of it on uh, my admin interviews playlist. And you can you can see some of their some of their feedback on it. But they they did struggle for a while. Yeah, so, you, you only did like one or two videos on it. Two you? of them. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was uh, they, they they had some interesting ideas, but it just the, the power balance was really weird. Um, next up. Question. I know this might sound bad, but sometimes I enjoy fan fiction, but preferably crossover fan fiction, mostly because I personally love examples of the or I personally love exploring the ideas of how two or more desperate worlds and stories interact and change by simply encountering each other. As such, what worlds, franchises, books, movies, plays, etc. would you like to see crossover and why? Also, can you drop more hints into how one can get into the BPL? I've been searching for a way in and just hitting what seems to be a series of dead ends. Those are deliberate dead ends. I call them red herring. And uh, good luck. Comment. Big fan of the podcast. Tons of fun. Listen to while drawing. It really helps fill the time since my last podcast of choice decided it was going to full politics. Ugh. And it's great just to sit and listen to a bunch of chuckle fucks. Just be chuckle fucks and remember, oh, yeah, not everything is politics. Keep doing what you're doing and ramble on, you magnificent fuckos and possibly fuckettes. I don't know all who is in this podcast, by the way, from Nick B. Um, crossovers. That's I'm always really nervous about crossovers because every universe has its own balance. Yeah. And you upset that balance when you introduce another universe to it. Well, it's like Star Trek versus Star Wars. You highlighted one thing where it's like, one, the Force, but two, FTL is drastically different. Yeah. And nowadays, everyone's like, wouldn't it be cool if 40K was in? Yes, it'd be great if your eight-foot-tall, eight-year-old versions of what a badass looks like walked in with their 75-caliber fully automatic machine guns. They whip around like TV remotes. Yes, that would be interesting if the guys with giant pauldrons always won. Neat. Yeah. But (laughs) 
that doesn't add a lot of intrigue. That's that's kind of what you're looking for when you have a crossover. You want to see things contrast, not just these guys come in and kill everything and then it's better. You know, that's kind of brain dead. Um, it, it, it would have to be a universe that's so similar to another one that it would not really upset the balance if the crossover happened. Like, for instance, uh, the world of Tex Murphy Ooh. with... Uh, Blade Runner. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's a good example. I mean, because they have to be so similar in theme and backdrop. Because I know that's what they were going for with Tex Murphy. A little bit, yeah. But I think that would work out perfectly, especially if you put Tex Murphy on the case of finding all the uh, synths. Yeah, he'd be <laughs> awful at it, which is why it would be great. I, yeah. I, I would absolutely love to see that. Um, yeah. And, and it's it, it certain things like you take uh, the alien setting, right, mm-hmm. where it's kind of grimdark future cassette, you know, cassette futurism. And you could put other things in that setting. Yeah, that's how Alien versus Predator started. Yeah, right. That works so perfectly. Other similar things work in that setting, like Judge Dredd could work in that setting. Yeah. Absolutely. They even had Batman at one point. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's that's the thing is you have to find similar themes and that's how you weave them together. They're very similar. They're, you know, maybe they're dark fantasy settings and yeah. you can weave dark fantasy settings together. You could you could weave The Witcher into Lord of the Rings. You could. You oh, could, absolutely. You could weave a lot of these settings together, but Metro they have. Metro and Far Cry or not Far Cry, Fallout. Yeah, exactly. You, you just have to get things that are close enough together. Yeah, you can't. And, you, I mean, you can't just do BattleTech and Shadowrun, which is what they did. Battlerun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's like, "You've been asking for it." And no, I was like, "Who asked for this?" That was one I, of their uh, April Fools' things. I, I want my hunchback to fight dragons. <laughs> I think a hunchback could take a fucking dragon. I don't know. I've, I've been hearing some stories about some of the uh, the bigger dragons. Yeah, but AC twenty man. Yeah. That's 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 the point of making something. Or, like or maybe the uh, the swayback with the six medium it's, po- medium it's, lasers. Pew! See, something like that is a good one-time one-off, not yeah, a, yeah. an expandable that's, universe. That's like kids playing with uh, their their toys. Like one guy's got the GI Joe, and yeah. one guy's got Transformers. Oh yeah. Optimus Prime fight the no, I do the karate. You know, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we actually got through nine pages of fucking questions. Hell yeah. Is that all of them? That is all of them. I have to get the next set from my email. Nice. Which is probably another 50 questions. Okay, we're right at the end, so this works. All right, so everyone out there, everyone out there listening out there in Radioland, what I want you to do, what I want you to do is spread this podcast far and wide to all your friends Take your favorite episode, share it to them, jam it down their throat. Because I have one cause right now, and that is to be the number one BPL podcast. Fuck you, Berkeley Public Library. We will be on top. We are the best. <laughs> I mean, or whatever. I mean, also, if, if you're you, hiring. Yeah, if, if you're hiring, I did. <laughs> Spread it just like old Bayon Crab. <laughs> 